Welcome back. My name is Brian. My name is Richard. And this is I Love You 3000 Minutes, the podcast that took its sweet time stealing a ship from Asgard, going over and taking Thanos' empty Infinity Gauntlet, punching that jerk Hank Pym right in his noggin, and taking his Pym particles to glide along the time stream in the quantum realm back so that we could re- just, that was good. That was impressive. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, okay. Why'd you break it? You should have continued. I just love the idea that you were like, he's going on another tangent. What the fuck is mm, this? No. Oh, but I have to respond to it. I liked it. That was good. Things I've never heard a woman say. So that we could rewatch the entire Infinity Saga from Iron Man 1. Spider-Man Far From Home. One marvelous minute at a time. This is minute 54 of Iron Man 1. And Richard, what happened? Stark interrupts. Uh, I, you know, not like terribly interrupted. It was a, a pleasant interruption, okay? Uh, what about a man without the ship? Or without the plane? Yes. Rhodey is like, and here we have Mr. Stark. He welcomes him as a welcome interruption, a welcome guest. And, and he said, look who fell out of the sky. Yeah. Which he did. Right. Yeah, he did. That's true. <laughs> that was a good catch. How and did he explain his escape? Because he definitely didn't say I made a super suit. Yeah, right. Shot my true. Way out. That's true. Well, he might have said something. <laughs> no way. Like, yeah, well, we, we don't. Why not? <laughs> he is Tony Stark. He can do that. He can make a suit that <laughs> blows itself up halfway through, and they would believe it, you know? Maybe yeah, super yeah. suit is a little bit of a stretch, but he could say, I made a little vehicle. <laughs> you know, so. I made a vehicle much like the Flintstones, because it completely depends on me using my feet to move around. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Rhodey introduces him and Stark says, hey, you need to ask him about Spring Break 1987 and ask him who he woke up next to. And then he implies that he woke up next to a dude. And which uh, did he say he woke up with him. Yeah. Yeah. The lovely lady you woke with. What was his name? You know, it's it's a mm, it it's a big testament that the kind of problematic things mm-hmm. are very minimal and far and few between for the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like a transphobic joke these days, let's just not. Mm-hmm. But like that's the one of the only things that I can think of not aging well. You know, mm-hmm. but did sound natural for guys in two thousand eight. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about? It? Uh, that whole sequence the the transphobic joke i mean i don't know like it's not a joke that i guess i would make but i mean i is do it, like is it at least funny? believe that right. i definitely remember laughing like back in the day now it's like haha mm, should we mm-hmm. you know it's that well, little asterisk especially since today i mean today the supreme court ruled that all people whatever their sexuality are protected under civil rights mm-hmm. so it's a good day i don't i don't even know if i'm qualified to say what's transphobic and what's not transphobic you know what i mean i just like, guess that was a transphobic joke because the trans person was the butt of the joke or the fact that he wouldn't like waking up with them was the butt of the joke because that's not his sexuality yeah, it it would that's kind his, of be, uh, like that's not roadie sexuality. That's what makes it funny, right? Yeah, like that's the basis of the joke. I guess it would be like some clansman saying like you 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 got to ask when he woke up with a black woman that one time. Ha ha. That's a much 
that's darker. That's entirely different version of the joke. I mean, the Klansmen hate black people. Like, I don't think yeah, it's ever implied to... that Rhodey hates black or hates <laughs> uh, trans people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we don't need to. I don't know. Up. Like I said, I don't know if I'm qualified to say that's transphobic or not. Like, I kind of have a hard time recognizing it. So, I got you. Yeah. They continue. Rhodey excuses the crew while he talks to Tony. Tony continues and says, hey, man, I'm working on something. And Rhodey is at first relieved because he's like, hey, bro, you sounded crazy at the press conference. So that's good news. You're going to make a lot of people happy. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, no, no, I'm working on something big. (laughs) Working on something big. And Rhodey's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, he said he's working on something just for him. It's different. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the things he says, yeah. Oh, yeah, his stunt at the press conference, it was a doozy. It's not from the military. It's different. Mm-hmm. That that kind of... Like, how do, how do you read these next lines? Because I read it as Rhodey's trying to be a friend to him. Like, when he was drunk, he, he did say some really insightful things like, you are more than what you are. But when he sees him veer too much off his track, he still instinctually tries to help him get back on it. Sure. The world they live in, Rhodey is part of the Air Force, and Tony sells weapons to them and their buddies. That's just the professional world they live in, and so what Tony is doing does not help either of them, and so Rhodey's trying to look out for him like, hey, you know, your entire company, everyone's going to be like WTF. Yeah, and this doesn't seem like the man I know. Like, you can still try to be better than you were before, but maybe he wasn't so much looking at how he sold weapons as much as he was looking at how he treated people and respect their time, drunk to excess, had a lot of sex with a lot of people, just very casually and not having something meaningful. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, what I just said? Sort of, but then Rhodey goes on to say, what is this pacifist shit, or what What, what was his exact line here? humanitarian now? Yeah, because it's just not what they've been doing that's been beneficial to them for so long. Yeah, so. yeah it's interesting, because, like, the people around him want better for him but they don't always want a best for him if that makes sense like this one he's trying to steer him back to weapons manufacturing when he literally held a conference saying i saw young americans killed by the weapons i made which is a moral quandary if there is one and then later when pepper sees him getting out of the suit with bullet holes she's like you're doing something really good and you're saving lives, but you shouldn't be doing that. You need to stop because right. he's at risk. Right. So it's it's like they all warm up to it, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, you know, to say it, it would be like how you've motivated me to lose weight. But then if I get down to 180 or if it seems like I'm losing weight very healthily and in a good and then you're like, whoa, whoa, let's buy some cake, dude. No, they, they, they're still looking out for Tony. It's just that the yeah, that humanitarian... Wasn't, that wasn't a good metaphor. The, the humanitarian stuff that he's talking about, that's never helped them before. That's never been the world that they lived in. Yeah. So it's it's just very different. And also, like uh, Rody said earlier, he's thinking of how the Air Force and Tony's company is going to see it. It's all negative, this, humani- this little project that he has. So that's why he's telling me, hey, man... You might want to consider changing course, uh, you know, are you sure, bro? He's just having a talking to with him. And Tony and, you know, strong people are not going to be like, oh, man, maybe you're right. I need to turn away from them, you know? So Tony fights back. He's like, no, I have a good idea. They don't have the vision that Tony has right now, right? So Tony has something in mind, and Tony takes some convincing for others, but yeah. 
Yeah, he just needs to act on it, and then they can see how it does good. He he needs to ask forgiveness instead of ask permission. You know, if he doesn't do it until his friends are on board, they're never. He gonna doesn't be on need board. their permission anyways. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying exactly that. I'm saying if he waits for them to be on board before he makes the next suit, he's never going to make the next suit. Mm-hmm. But also, what I what occurred to me is when you were talking about the humanitarian, like him spitting on that and be like, "You yeah, humanitarian." What the fuck? Brought me back to his responses to Christine Everhart. Are you going to report on the millions we've saved? Our IntelliCrops, mm-hmm. yada, 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 all these things. And then, like, the art. We, we built that to shut the hippies up. Mm-hmm. Military funding, honey. You know, like, the first things to respond to everyone saying that they're warmongering is to point to these humanitarian efforts as a way to deflect. But personally, behind the scenes, when he's like, hey, maybe we should just lean more into humanitarian efforts, like, the fuck are you talking about? Stop Stop talking about that. Stop it. This isn't a press conference where we're spinning it for PR. You mm-hmm. know? It, it's interesting, that dichotomy. Sure. Do you think so? Because, yeah. like, the first time he gets challenged on being a merchant of death, mm-hmm. he responds with, look at all our humanitarian yeah. efforts. Yeah. But then they they don't actually support true humanitarian efforts. I mean, you know, crops that feed more people. Priority. Yeah, it, it's the priority that's there. I mean, they, they can still be doing humanitarian efforts and have a different number one priority, right? Yeah, but that's interesting that when humanitarian efforts aren't the number one priority, mm-hmm. he gets support. When it is the number one priority, he doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I just thought yeah. that was interesting. It is. Yeah. I mean, I I would agree that that's a good shift and a clear difference from before and after the big incident and him escaping from the desert. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, remember the stickers. If you pledge to Patreon, I'll send you just a good handful of stickers through the mail. It'll probably cost more than the dollar minus Patreon fees to send it, but I'm gonna send it. So do that. Also, whenever we do a giveaway on Apple Podcasts, for everyone who leaves a review with their Instagram handle, there would be a big handful of stickers to go with whatever that giveaway is as well. Plus, we will eat as many bites of New York style pizza with Da Bomb, the most miserable hot sauce on the hot ones, as there are ratings and reviews at the end of us breaking down Iron Man 1. So as soon as we... Post the episode of the post credit scene between Iron Man and Nick Fury. We will record an episode of us doing that miserable task. And we'll post it very soon after. So go over to Apple Podcasts. Even just a rating ensures one more bite of misery for each of us. Thank you so much. Follow the minutes along on Instagram at I Love You 3000 Minutes. And if you're watching on video, please like, subscribe, and check out the other minute podcasts. My name is Richard. My name is Brian. You've got a. You've got an army. We've got a podcast. What were you going to say? You've got a podcast? Ah, I knew it!